Welcome to the British History Podcast. My name is Jamie. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a reading of Thomas Mallory's Le Mort d'Arthur, read to us by friend of the show, James Cartwright. If you like what you hear, you can reach James at spinningturtleproductions at gmail.com. Now we've selected Le Mort d'Arthur because it is freely available online. You can even go over to Amazon.com and get a free copy there to read on your computer or on your Kindle. So if you'd like to read along, that's the best way to go about it. The first thing you're going to notice when you're listening to this is that it has some clunky language. That's because it's old. That's just kind of the way it goes. But overall, this is a really fun myth. And we're going to do the first part of it to kind of get us going and give us a theme for what we have coming up in the Anglo-Saxon era. And I thought it would be a fun little bonus episode. So we've got the first part here. We're going to be doing more stuff on this as time goes on. And anyways, that's enough of me. Let's get on with the story. So we have Le Mort de Arthur by Thomas Mallory. Read to us by James Cartwright. Le Mort de Arthur by Thomas Mallory. Book One. Chapter One. How Uther Pendragon sent for the Duke of Cornwall and Agrain his wife, and of their departing suddenly again. It befell in the days of Uther Pendragon, when he was king of all England and so reigned, that there was a mighty duke in Cornwall that held war against him long time. And the duke was called the Duke of Tintagel. And so by means King Uther sent for this duke, charging him to bring his wife with him, for she was called a fair lady, and a passing wise, and her name was called Igraine. So when the duke and his wife were come unto the king, by the means of great lords they were accorded both. The king liked and loved this lady well, and he made them great cheer out of measure, and desired to have lain by her. But she was a passing good woman, and would not assent unto the king. And then she told the duke, her husband, and said, I suppose that we were sent for that I should be dishonored. Wherefore, husband, I counsel you, that we depart from hence suddenly, that we may ride all night unto our own castle. And in likewise, as she said so, they departed, that neither the king nor none of his council were aware of their departing. Also soon as King Uther knew of their departing so suddenly, he was wonderly wroth. Then he called to him his privy council, and told them of the sudden departing of the duke and his wife. Then they advised the king to send for the duke and his wife by a great charge, and if he will not come at your summons, then may ye do your best. Then have ye cause to make mighty war upon him. So that was done, and the messengers had their answers, and that was this shortly, that neither he nor his wife would not come at him. Then was the king wonderly wroth, and then the king sent him plain word again, and bade him be ready and stuff him and garnish him, for within forty days he would fetch him out of the biggest castle that he hath. When the duke had this warning, anon he went and furnished and garnished two strong castles of his, of the which the one hight Tintagil, and the other castle hight Terrabil. So his wife Dame Igraine he put in the castle of Tintagil, and himself he put in the castle of Terrabil, the which had many issues and posterns out. Then in all haste came Uther with a great host, and laid a siege about the castle of Terrabil. And there he pight many pavilions, and there was great war made on both parties, and much people slain. Then, for pure anger and for great love of fair Igraine, the king Uther fell sick. 
So came to King Uther Sir Ulfius, a noble knight, and asked the king why he was sick. I shall tell thee, said the king, I am sick for anger and for love of fair grain, that I may not be whole. Well, my lord, said Sir Ulfius, I shall seek Merlin, and he shall do you remedy, that your heart shall be pleased. So Ulfius departed, and by adventure he met Merlin in a beggar's array, and there Merlin asked Ulfius whom he sought, and he said he had little ado to tell him. Well, said Merlin, I know whom thou seekest, for thou seekest Merlin. Therefore seek no farther, for I am he, and if King Uther will well reward me, and be sworn unto me to fulfill my desire, that shall be his honor and profit more than mine, for I shall cause him to have all his desire. All this I will undertake, said Ulfius, that there shall be nothing reasonable, but thou shalt have thy desire. Well, said Merlin, he shall have his intent and desire, and therefore, said Merlin, ride on your way, for I will not be long behind. Chapter 2 how Uther Pendragon made war on the Duke of Cornwall, and how by the mean of Merlin he lay by the Duchess and gat Arthur. Then Ulfius was glad, and rode on more than a pace till that he came to King Uther Pendragon, and told him he had met with Merlin. Where is he? said the king. Sir, said Ulfius, he will not dwell long. Therewithal Ulfius was ware where Merlin stood at the porch of the pavilion's door, and then Merlin was bound to come to the king. When King Uther saw him, he said he was welcome. Sir, said Merlin, I know all your heart every deal, so ye will be sworn unto me as ye be a true king anointed to fulfill my desire. Ye shall have your desire. Then the king was sworn upon the four evangelists. Sir, said Merlin, this is my desire. The first night that ye shall lie by a grain, ye shall get a child on her, and when that is born, that it shall be delivered to me for to nourish there as I will have it, for it shall be your worship, and the child's avail, as mickle as the child is worth. I will well, said the king, as thou wilt have it. Now make you ready, said Merlin. This night ye shall lie with a grain in the castle of Tintagil, and ye shall be like the duke her husband, Ulfius shall be like Sir Brastius, a knight of the dukes, and I will be like a knight that hight Sir Jordanus, a knight of the dukes. But wait ye make not many questions with her, nor her men, but say ye are diseased, and so hie ye to bed, and rise not on the morn till I come to you, for the castle of Tintagil is but ten miles hence. So this was done as they devised. But the Duke of Tintagil espied how the king rode from the siege of Terrabil, and therefore that night he issued out of the castle at a postern for to have distressed the king's host. And so, through his own issue, the duke himself was slain, or ever the king came to the castle of Tintagil. So after the death of the duke, King Uther lay with a grain more than three hours after his death, and begat on her that night Arthur. And on day came Merlin to the king, and bade him make him ready, and so he kissed the lady Agraine, and departed in all haste. But when the lady heard tell of the duke her husband, and by all record he was dead, or ever King Uther came to her, then she marveled who that might be that lay with her in likeness of her lord. 
so she mourned privily and held her peace. Then all the barons, by one assent, prayed the king of accord betwixt the Lady Agraine and him. The king gave them leave, for fain would he have been accorded with her. So the king put all the trust in Ulfius to entreat between them. So by the entreaty at the last the king and she met together. Now will we do well, said Ulfius. Our king is a lusty knight, and wifeless, and my lady Agraine is a passing fair lady. It were great joy unto us all, and it might please the king to make her his queen. Unto that they all well accorded, and moved it to the king, and anon, like a lusty knight, he assented thereto with good will, and so in all haste they were married in a morning with great mirth and joy. And King Lot of Lothian, and of Orkney, then married Margaz, that was Gawain's mother, and King Nentris of the land of Garlot, wedded Elaine. All this was done at the request of King Uther, and the third sister, Morgan le Fay, was put to school in a nunnery, and there she learned so much that she was a great clerk of necromancy. And after, she was wedded to King Uriens of the land of Gore, that was Sir Uwain le Blanchemain's father. Chapter 3 Of the Birth of King Arthur and of His Nurture Then Queen Igraine waxed daily greater and greater, so it befell after within half a year, as King Uther lay by his queen, he asked her, by the faith she owed to him, whose was the body? Then she sore abashed to give answer. Dismay you not, said the king, but tell me the truth, and I shall love you the better by the faith of my body. Sir, said she, I shall tell you the truth. The same night that my lord was dead, the hour of his death, as his knights record, there came into my castle of Tintagel a man like my lord in speech and in countenance, and two knights with him in likeness of his two knights Brastius and Jordanus. And so I went unto bed with him as I ought to do with my lord, and the same night, as I shall answer unto God, this child was begotten upon me. That is truth, said the king, as ye say, for it was I myself that came in the likeness, and therefore dismay you not, for I am father of the child. And there he told her all the cause, how it was by Merlin's counsel. Then the queen made great joy when she knew who was the father of her child. Soon came Merlin unto the king, and said, Sir, ye must purvey you for the nourishing of your child. As thou wilt, said the king, be it. Well, said Merlin, I know a lord of yours in this land, that is a passing true man and a faithful, and he shall have the nourishing of your child. And his name is Sir Ector, and he is a lord of fair livelihood in many parts in England and Wales. And this lord, Sir Ector, let him be sent for, for to come and speak with you, and desire him yourself, as he loveth you, that he will put his own child to nourishing to another woman, and that his wife nourish yours. And when the child is born, let it be delivered to me at yonder privy postern unchristened. So, like as Merlin devised, it was done. And when Sir Ector was come, he made fiance to the king, for to nourish the child like as the king desired. And there the king granted Sir Ector great rewards. Then, when the lady was delivered, the king commanded two knights and two ladies to take the child, bound in a cloth of gold, and that ye deliver him to what poor man ye meet at the postern gate of the castle. 
So the child was delivered unto Merlin, and so he bare it forth unto Sir Ector, and made a holy man to christen him, and named him Arthur. And so Sir Ector's wife nourished him with her own pap. Chapter 4 Of the Death of King Uther Pendragon Then within two years King Uther fell sick of a great malady. And in the meanwhile his enemies usurped upon him, and did a great battle upon his men, and slew many of his people. Sir, said Merlin, ye may not lie so as ye do, for ye must to the field, though ye ride on a horse litter, for ye shall never have the better of your enemies, but if your person be there, and then shall ye have the victory. So it was done as Merlin had devised, and they carried the king forth in a horse litter with a great host towards his enemies. And at St. Albans there met with the king a great host of the north. And that day Sir Ulfius and Sir Brastius did great deeds of arms, and King Uther's men overcame the northern battle and slew many people and put the remnant to flight. And then the king returned unto London and made great joy of his victory. And then... He fell passing sore sick, so that three days and three nights he was speechless, wherefore all the barons made great sorrow, and asked Merlin what counsel were best. There is none other remedy, said Merlin, but God will have his will. But look ye all barons be before King Uther to morn, and God and I shall make him to speak. So on the morn all the barons with Merlin came to fore the king, then Merlin said aloud unto King Uther, Sir, shall your son Arthur be king after your days, of this realm with all the appurtenance? Then Uther Pendragon turned him, and said in hearing of them all, I give him God's blessing, and mine, and bid him pray for my soul, <coughs> and righteously, and worshipfully, that he claim the crown upon forfeiture of my blessing. And therewith he yielded up the ghost, and then was he interred as long to a king. Wherefore the queen, fair Igraine, made great sorrow, and all the barons. Okay, so that was Thomas Mallory's Le Mort to Arthur, book one, chapters one through four. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And if you'd like to get in contact with James Cartwright, again, you can reach him at spinningturtleproductions at gmail.com. Now, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me at the British History Podcast at gmail.com. You can also join our Facebook community at facebook.com slash British History. And you can also go over to our website, which is just about to get a new revamped look, which is pretty exciting, over at the British History Podcast.com. So, as always, thanks for listening.